0: morning. Thank you, Johnny. We are, like we said, Acts chapter 9 and we have been th- going through the book of Acts and we're seeing the great works of God in the book of Acts and how he's using his church, his people to um, preach the gospel and to reach the lost and we see the amazing signs and wonders that the Holy Spirit is is doing among his people among his church to the believer and to the and the unbeliever and it's all pointing to an amazing powerful loving merciful God amen amen and so I'm excited today to share about the conversion of Saul And we all have our own conversion story, correct? At least most of us here have. Those that have received Christ by faith, we all have our own unique conversion story. Amen? How glorious, how wonderful it is that we can be called children of God. How wonderful it is that we belong to the family of God, that we were taken out of darkness and we have been brought into his marvelous light. Amen how worthy worthy is our lord and so today we are going to be talking about the conversion of saul also known as paul in the book of acts and we see an extraordinary account of the life-changing power of jesus christ and only jesus christ can do this amen he is the only one and we see jesus's power change the life of a young man named saul like we said later call paul and i will be interchanging that um And this apostle, the Apostle Paul's conversion, is probably one of the greatest events in church history, after what Jesus Christ has done, of course, on the cross, and apart from from Pentecost. Paul became one of the greatest missionaries in church history. He established many churches. He is the author of half of the New Testament, at least. And he is the greatest theologian. Did I say that right? theologian that has ever lived and we see the power of God working in him so mightily amen and he is a great leader a great spiritual father and he is an example to us all and so we're going to be looking at his life today can you close your eyes with me father you are worthy of it all lord you are worthy of it all lord We are so grateful that we can be here in your presence, Lord, to learn from your word, to learn about the amazing love of Jesus for the sinner and how Jesus transforms and restores and heals. We are so grateful, Lord God, that we here are able to call upon you and that you hear our prayers. And we are so grateful that we are able to hear your word speak to us today, Lord we are listening we desire to know you more we desire to know jesus more we desire to be filled and and filled refreshed in your spirit today lord holy god you are welcome in this place you are welcome holy god to speak to us today to reveal you jesus christ to us today to those that do not know you father Speak, holy God, we are listening. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. So our my first point is that we're going to look at Saul the persecutor and who is Saul, and there's, you can look through the Bible in Acts chapter 16 if you want to take notes, Um, Acts 23, Galatians 1, 13 to 16, Philippians 3, those are just some of the areas where you can kind of uh, find out who Paul is. He was born in Tarsus, Sicilia, which is the modern-day Turkey for us today. He was born to Jewish parents from the tribe of Benjamin. And he possessed, his family possessed, Roman citizenship, which is very rare to in those days. So he was both Jewish and he also had Roman citizenship. He had the best education because, first of all, his father was a Pharisee. So he was taught, he taught at a very young age scripture. And even when he was a young child, he was sent to Jerusalem to study the Hebrew scriptures and the law under the famous rabbi, Gamaliel. I'm going to say this wrong because I'm nervous, but Galam, Gamaleo, one of the most influential teachers of all time in their time he was the most influential pharisee and he was the expert of the law and he was held in high esteem and only the top students would be able to study under him and guess what saul was one of those students he was the top student actually it's kind of like you sending your child to yale or to harvard right because those are the elite schools So it was kind of like that in our time. He was trained as a Pharisee, but he also, interesting enough, learned how to tent make. He had a tent making trade um, on the side. But all of this, God would use to serve in his kingdom, to preach the gospel. Amen? Saul was his Jewish name. But he was called Paul, which was his Roman name. And he was so zealous. He was so passionate. He was so committed to his Jewish beliefs that he began persecution campaigns against everyone who believed or who was a follower of Christ. The follower of the way, as we read. He was the most religious man in Israel. But he was also totally blind to the truth. He was also totally blind to the true light. He was also totally blind to true love and to true glory of God. He had a lot of knowledge, but he lacked the spirit of God. In previous chapters in chapter Acts, in, in, a, in the book of Acts chapter 7, Luke introduces us to Saul and he says that he, there, was a, there was a stoning of Stephen And we know that Saul was there probably even during the trial. And the reason why we think this is because if you look at chapter 7, verse 58, it says, they cast him out of the city and stoned him, talking about Stephen. "and And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. So he was there. So this is where Luke introduces us to Saul. So these people, these witnesses, they laid down their garments. And then we read in Acts chapter eight, verses one to three, it says that Saul approved of this execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And there, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And then devout men buried Stephen and made lamentation over him. But verse 3, but Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Here we're seeing the heart of Saul. Here we're seeing the, the religious Pharisee, cold heart, evil Saul. Yeah, I know we think he was good because he knew God, he knew scriptures, but actually he's murdering the, 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 the people of God. Saul was ravaging, ravaging the church. He was dragging them off. He didn't care about if you were a man or a woman, if children were left behind. It didn't matter. He would drag them off to prison. And it says ravaging is like the image of a wild anim, animal tearing flesh apart. And this is the beginning of where the persecution changed from um, the leadership, the apostles, to disciples from the church. So it didn't matter anymore if you were held as a leader. Now the whole church was being persecuted, and this caused the spread of the gospel, right? They left Jerusalem, and they went to Judea and Samaria. And then Acts, as we continue to read, here's the purpose as to why... Saul left and Saul approved of this the murder and then we see in verse 1 and 2 in in, um, chapter 9 but Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue at Damascus so that if he found any belonging in the way men or women he might bring them bound to Jerusalem so what we see here is that this is Saul's full-time job. This was his, provocation, this is his vocation. He, was, he wanted to see the destruction of the church. His heart was full of hate for this specific group of people. Because it says he was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. So portraying an image of a battle horse, you know? Think of it. <laughs> I'm not that great at imitating, but you can see them, right, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to kill, I'm ready to battle, and it's not so much that he was breathing out, he was breathing in, meaning that this was his way of life, this is what he was, he was living after, wanting, desiring, are you with me? He had a heart of hate, and he, not even that, he sought permission, because you know what, he's like, yes, I'm going, I'm so zealous, I'm so zealous for God that uh, these people are in the way, I'm going, I need to destroy them, and he asked for permission from the highest religious authority, that is mu- that's how much commitment he had to destroy the church of God. It wasn't enough that he had broken up the church in Jerusalem after Stephen's death. Now he wanted to travel 250 kilometers, about a six-day journey into Damascus to find the followers of Christ so that he can bring them bound back to Jerusalem and put them in prison. This is how the intensity, I hope you can picture it, the intensity of his hate, the intensity that he wanted to get rid of these people so badly. He was truly committed to the cause. Amen. He was convicted of his own righteousness, but he was completely wrong. He believed he was doing the will of God, but he was completely wrong. And this is what happens when you don't see. This is what happens when you have religion and not a relationship with Christ this is what happens when we are spiritually blind Saul was so set up in his way that he that he didn't that and he ended up in legalism and self-righteousness that he missed the true way and like so many people today maybe we know some of them and maybe there's someone here that is like this there's so many people today that set up that are set up in their own way they will not budge because they think what they think is right they are maybe they are religious people they may not have a relationship but because they were born in this specific religion we're gonna die in this religion because they can't see The amazing light of God. So they reject Christ. They don't even want to know. They completely reject Christ. And then we see a divine disruption. In verses three to nine, we see a divine disruption. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus Damascus, and suddenly, he says, suddenly. A light shone around him, and that caused him to fall to the ground. Incredible. He was struck with amazing light, and this brought confusion and fear, and he fell to the ground. And not only Saul saw this, but in Acts chapter 6, it also says that his companions, those that were with him, also saw, and they fell to the ground. Wow. Wow. How quickly listen carefully how quickly can Jesus humble a person (laughs) how his glory and power can humble even the most proudest person Saul is completely arrested see let's consider here the sovereignty of God in this moment his power just think about it he's going on his way to to drag the believers To put them in prison and Saul was completely stopped in his tracks he was completely fell to the ground arrested by the sovereignty of God at that moment the power the majesty the glory the power of Jesus in display at the moment God divinely disrupts Saul's journey and his plan see Saul thinks he's in charge like many of us we think we are in charge of our own lives Saul thinks he's in charge that he has a plan and but at that moment in that moment he is decimated in his pride he is stopped dead in his tracks and he's never to be the same again who is really in control here God God is in control. Jesus is unstoppable. He is almighty, powerful God. He has no weaknesses. He has no rival. He has no equal. No one can stop the plan of God. No one can stop Jesus Christ. Amen? No one can stand against him. This is our Lord. This is our King, King Jesus, almighty, all powerful, all glory belongs to him. Amen. And this, my dear brothers and sisters in church, this ought to encourage us today. How much do we see brokenness in our world? How much do we see that evil is prevailing? At least that's how we think that evil is overcoming, right? How much evil and darkness and confusion do we see in our world? And we can feel overwhelmed. But listen, brothers and sisters, all of that will one day come to an end. All will eventually be brought to nothing. Jesus Christ cannot be stopped. His kingdom cannot be stopped. His church cannot be stopped. Amen? So Philippians 2 says this so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is lord to the glory of God the father <laughs> it is either or now or later all people will one day admit that he is god admit that Jesus Christ is lord he is the Messiah God's preference for you and me God's preference for the unbeliever is that you choose that today that you choose Jesus Christ while you are on earth and not after when you have to be in presence of the Father and admit yes you are Lord amen Rather, after death, when it is too late. We do it now. We humble ourselves now. We turn to God now. Amen? And then he hears a voice. And the voice says, Saul, Saul, why? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And in another account... Those who were with him saw the light and heard the voice, but they didn't understand that. And that is in Acts 22. They saw the light. They heard the voice, but they didn't understand it. Jesus calls Saul by his Hebrew name, Saul, Saul. And he says it twice. It is a loving rebuke to wake him up. to say pay attention Saul (laughs) And, and then Saul's like who are you Lord who are you Lord so this term here actually is a term of respect it's not necessarily that he knew who he was talking to but it's more like he's in confusion he knows obviously it's a higher being it may be even God but he does not know who he's talking to so he's like who are you lord and then jesus amazing jesus reveals himself to us to himself sorry i'm thinking how he reveals himself to us he reveals himself to us but he reveals himself to saul here he says i am jesus whom you are persecuting The name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name. Jesus arrested his attention, and by the name of Jesus, Saul was convicted. He was convicted, and he came to the realization of his guilt and of his sin, and he was Because he was blind all along. Jesus purposely chose to convey to him his name. The name that he hated. The name that he sought to hunt down. The Nazarene. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Right? This Jesus was speaking to him. From the sky, crowned with glory and honor. The object of Saul's contempt. And scorn the one he was persecuting in fact is alive not dead the Son of God the risen Lord the Almighty all-powerful unstoppable God was speaking to him amen praise God Jesus reveals himself to him and then we see the grace of God like while Saul was trying to destroy Jesus and his followers. At the same time, yet at the same time, Jesus overwhelmingly loves Saul. He pursues Saul, and he offers forgiveness and reveals himself to, to him. What is that? Saul, an enemy of God. But Jesus chose to reveal himself to him what does that remind you of the gospel romans chapter 5 but god showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners christ died for us since therefore we have now been justified by his blood much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of god that is the gospel we see it played out in the apostle's life in our own life Paul didn't know Jesus. He may have heard of him, of course. I believe he did, because I believe he heard Stephen talking. He saw these people dying for Jesus. What is wrong with these people? Come on. Why are you dying for this man who's already dead? He was an enemy, and yet here here is Jesus showing his love for him while he was still an enemy of God. Christ overwhelmingly loves us, saves us, and dies for us. All our sins have been paid for. While we were still enemies of God, Jesus overwhelmingly loves us. Amen? And lavishes us with his grace for all of those who believe in him. See, Saul gets knocked over by the light, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. And Paul writes about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, For God, who said, let the light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He knew too well he was in darkness. He knew too well he was in darkness. And then God's light shone in his heart. Amen. Amen. Acts 26 Jesus this is another um, this is Saul again sharing his testimony another recount of his conversion and this is Jesus telling talking to Saul he says to about his mission to open their eyes so that may so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those Who are sanctified by faith in me this is the purpose of the gospel this is the purpose of the gospel they is to turn people from darkness to light from the power of satan to god and that they may receive forgiveness of sin and be a part of the family of god amen the devil comes in darkness but jesus comes to us in light Do you remember when Christ shone his light in your heart? Do you remember the day when your eyes were open to the truth and the knowledge of Christ came to your heart? I remember that day. I remember when I was 16 years old and I was confused and I wasn't sure because all my life I had religion. And then I saw a group of people that loved Jesus, and I wasn't sure what was going on. But then I said, Lord, I want to know that. I want to know you. And the Holy Spirit fell upon me. The Holy Spirit changed my life, opened my eyes to know Jesus. And my life has never been the same. I can tell you the truth. I can tell you the truth that when I received Christ and the Holy Spirit filled me with his love and anointing that I my desire changed that I wanted Jesus that I wanted to know him that I wanted to serve him. That's because our eyes were open. Do you remember that day for you? Do you remember how Christ revealed Himself to you? His love for you. Praise God that we know are no longer dead in our sin, but we are alive in Christ. Praise God that we have been taken out of darkness into His marvelous life. Praise God that we have hope in Jesus Christ. Praise God that one day we will be with Him forever, where there will be no more sadness. Will there be no more darkness? There will be no more pain. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I pray for you today, my brothers and sisters, that if you have not received Christ, that you today, today, that you decide, that you open up your heart, that you turn from the life of sin and turn to Jesus who loves you, who loves you, and who died for you so that you can have eternal hope in him. Amen? there is nothing in this world i know this may sound cliche because we say it so often but it is true there is nothing in this world that compares to the love of christ there is nothing that this earth can give you that compares to the amazing love of christ all this that you see will one day come to an end all the material things that you have and you strive for will come to an end But the word of God remains forever. Jesus Christ is eternal. Salvation is eternal. That is what remains. That is what is true treasure. It is Jesus. It is our salvation in Jesus. So do not be deceived and do not be blinded by the things of this world. Turn your eyes towards Jesus. Amen. Turn your eyes towards Jesus. The devil comes in darkness, but Jesus gives us light. And then he asks Saul, Why are you persecuting me? See, Jesus doesn't say, Why are you persecuting my disciples or my church? He says, Why are you persecuting me? Christ speaks of himself as being persecuted. The church belongs to Christ. Jesus takes a personal. Persecution against the church is persecution against God. To hate the church of Jesus Christ is to hate Christ. Because you can't separate the head from the body. We belong to Christ. And Christ belongs to us. Remember what Jesus told his disciples. Truly, I truly, I say to you that whatever you do to the least of these, you do to me. When he's saying, when he's telling them, when when I'm hu- when you're hungry, feed them. When you're go visit the, the orphans, go visit the people in prison. Whatever you do to them, you're doing to me. And they're like, When did we see you hungry? When did we see you naked? Jesus goes, Whatever you do to them, you're doing to me. It's the same with the persecution of the church. We per- church, if the church is being persecuted, Christ is being persecuted. And here we see the beginning of Saul's faith. Verse 6. But rise, Jesus says, rise and enter the city and you will be told what to do. And then the men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. And so Saul rose from the ground and although his eyes were opened he saw nothing so they led him by the hand and brought him into damascus and for three days he was without sight and he neither ate or drank the bible says here we see the beginning of saul's faith jesus commands and he goes he rises he rises he gets up and he goes And he says that for three days, he's without sight and he ate nothing. But before I go there, I want us to notice how his eyes were open, but he saw nothing. Interesting. Before he was physically able to see, but he was spiritually blind. But now the moment he became spiritually blind, he gained spiritual sight. Listen what the Bible says. This is is Paul again. In 2 Corinthians, and we all with unveiled face, beholding, we can say that Saul beheld, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is the work of God in Saul's life. He beheld the glory of the Lord. He gained spiritual sight. Saul had to be led. Look at this picture of humility. Saul had to be led by the hand and brought to Damascus. Remember, he was so prideful. He's going marching. We don't know if he was on a horse or if he was walking, by the way, because it doesn't say horse, but I know a lot of people think horse. Maybe it was. I don't know. But all we know is that he was like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Right? (laughs) Sorry. Can we delete that part? (laughs) I'm just kidding so oh, we know he's like he's ready he's marching in with a purpose with a vision and his plan is to destroy the church of God and all of a sudden what happens here when he when he's confronted by the light of Jesus he is so humbled he opens his eyes he can't see and he's being led by his companions because he can't see talk about a picture of humility right there amen we need to be humbled to be able to understand and to see the work of God in our hearts. Come to God humbly. Come to God humbly. Saul was led by the hand. Imagine this. Imagine, I just picture three days without food and without drink and he was praying. Imagine, because he had such an experience with Jesus. The intensity that he just, that just happened to him. The experience that he had just received was so intense. I can picture Saul because he was a man of knowledge. He knew the scripture. That he was probably thinking about what he was, what he really lo- knew. What did he really know about scripture? He was probably re- 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 re-reading and rethinking about all the scripture that he had, and seeing how that made sense in the light of Jesus. All of a sudden the knowledge that he had started what to connect with the Spirit of God are you with me (laughs) he was so broken he was so humbled by the experience he was probably a pile of of mush on the ground before the Lord and he was praying and then we see What we can see from this is that God was beginning a good work in Saul and that he would never be the same again. And if Saul can be saved, anybody can be saved. There isn't anyone too far gone or too sinful or too evil that God cannot save. The whole reason why Jesus died was for sinners He died for the broken. He died for the hurting. He died for the lost. He died for the weary. He died for men and women and children. He died for the young and the old, for the rich and the poor. He died for all people, no matter what background you are from or culture you were raised in or born in. Christ died for all jesus is the one that took all our shame all our guilt all our sin and here jesus offers forgiveness when we are confronted with god's love and light it changes us and let's look at a disciple named ananias this is another ananias by the way not the ananias in chapter four (laughs) you never remember chapter four what happens to ananias there This is a different one. There's lots of Ananias apparently. So this is a different disciple. And Paul speaks of him in Acts chapter 2. He speaks of him as a devout man according to the law. And he had a really good reputation among the Jews. And he lived in Damascus. And he was a disciple of Jesus. He was part of the way. Right? And the Lord spoke to him in a vision. If we read chapter 10 it says the Lord said to him in a vision Ananias and he said here we see Jesus just saying his name once Ananias and then we see how he responds he says here I am Lord which is very similar to Samuel right here I am Lord and it's a it demonstrates a willingness to hear from God a willingness or availability to God here I am God I am listening. I am available. And it also implies that Ananias had a relationship with Jesus. So here we see, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. So that's what God is telling him to do. Rise and go, and God gives him clear, specific directions. Go to the street. I wish Jesus would do this all the time for us, right? <laughs> but in this instance, he went. Go to the street named Straight. Find a house named. Uh, find the house of Judas, and there's a man in there named Saul. And this is what I want you to do. Well what do you think happens yeah you know we read it already his response (laughs) he goes rise and go he go he he goes like this to the lord there's a god first first god chose ananias speaks to him and ananias is totally available he hears the commands of the lord and he goes from totally available to totally reluctant right there was some fear there there was some hesitation there and he starts to debrief God like as if God didn't know who Saul was uh God um I heard about Saul and he does real evil things to your people is that the Saul you really want me to go to and by the way God he has authority here who really has authority by the way (laughs) God but you know what we can't laugh too much because how many times do we do that to Christ when God asks us to do something. We're all guilty of that, right? So he's like fearful. He's I'm like, yes, God, here I am. Send me, Lord, send me, Lord. Okay, go to Saul. What? (laughs) I'm not sure now. Are you sure? Are you sure that's where you want me to go? (laughs) God sometimes asks us to do things that are hard, even risky. The question for us is, will we obey? It requires, and we see that Ananias eventually, he does obey. It requires faith and trust in God. We must not limit God. He, or to what, we must not limit him because he can do anything. All we need to do is obey and follow the leading of Christ. Even when he leads us to difficult people, right, and difficult places. The Lord said to him, go, and don't tell me how bad he is. I know he what he has done. But go, I have a special message for him, a message of mercy that I want you to give to him. And it's interesting because God is so gracious with Ananias too. He's patient, and he kind of encourages him. At least this is what I think because he tells him Saul is praying. It could be something like, hey, Saul's praying. That means there's a change in him. So go, don't be afraid. This is what I want you to do. So Ananias got courage and he goes. And here's the message that God wanted um, Ananias to tell him. 13. No, sorry, not there. 15. But the Lord said to him, go for, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So the first part sounds good, right? There's <laughs> the message, God chose him to be an instrument to carry his name to before the gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. That is his that is God's purpose for him he's chosen he's an instrument of mine it doesn't matter how great of a transgressor he is it doesn't matter his past he, he has been chosen he is a vessel of mine to testify and bear witness of the truth and here we see that it's nothing that paul did it's not paul's it's nothing of the of, of paul's merit that gets him this right paul is very educated he is very knowledge but he was completely wrong he was completely out of the loop of the truth of god right and then jesus reveals himself and then god jesus says here's the message i i want you to do this is your purpose this is your calling you are going to to preach the gospel you are going to carry my name to the gentiles and to kings and to all the children of israel that it was the call it was nothing that paul did this is, was all Jesus. This is all the sovereignty of God. This is God's will. God ini- initiated. God planned it. And Paul even says, before I was even born, God set me apart and saved me by his grace. It is all the grace of God. God is the one that set him apart. God is the one that did it. And that is God does in us, too. We are not saved by our good works. We are not saved by being a good person. And please do not believe in that lie, because many people do believe in that lie. That because I am good, because I sell uh, brownie cookies, because I'm, uh, I help people cross the street, because I volunteer at a nursing home, because I donate a tons of money, those things are great but nothing compares to the goodness of God. Our goodness does not compare to the goodness of God and the holiness of God. So it's nothing that we do can earn Christ, can earn salvation. And I pray that that frees you because many people feel like they have to do good works. They have to be the best version of themselves here on earth so that they can earn heaven. But that is not the gospel. It's Christ's work in us. It's what Jesus did on the cross for you and for me. And that should free you. That should be freedom for you. To live in the abundance of the the grace of God. Because it's not by what you do or what you say. Or how well educated you are. Or how successful. It's only through the grace of God that we are saved. Amen? Amen? And this is Paul, and we see this in the life of Paul, but we also see it in our lives. But this is the message. He's a chosen instrument to, to speak the gospel, but he's also promised here suffering. Say, suffering. 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 How many of us like to suffer? No. Right? And here's one sign for us to really take into consider. Anybody that sells the gospel and tells you that your life is going to be amazing is a deceiver, is a liar. It is not speaking the truth of God's word. So be careful. if If they're promising you a better life here on earth, it's not the gospel. We do have a better life because we are saved by God's grace and love and mercy and we have Fullest of joy and we have the Holy Spirit that strengthens us and comforts us and helps us through our times of trials and difficulties we do we have the grace of God in us but listen my brothers and sisters just like Saul had to choose the narrow way and the narrow way leads to persecution and difficulties and hardships. We too, as followers of Christ lead f- walk in the narrow way that will lead us to sufferings that will lead us to hardships, that will lead us into persecution. Because listen, if we are we're living in this world and we see how this world is an enemy of God by how they live by their values, going against the truth of God's word we will face persecution because how we live will offend others and because how we live offends others we will be rejected we will be cursed we will be canceled for a lack of better word amen you hear me praise God but we're not alone in our suffering we are not alone in our pain we are not alone in our hardships. Christ promised that we, he has given us the Holy Spirit to walk with us. And that ought to give us comfort. Amen. So, his calling was to preach and God promised that he would suffer. That there would be suffering. <laughs> The narrow way which leads to persecution and difficulties and hardships. But one day the glory will come. But one day total restoration will come. One day true fullness of rest will come. Amen? The fullness of joy in his presence will come. Praise God. those that bear christ's name must expect to bear the cross for his name those that do we will suffer for him and then we see that the ananias lays his hands on him and he says brother saul do you hear the tone in his voice and how it has changed he calls him brother meaning he is no longer a persecute a persecute a p- <laughs> you guys know what I mean? I'm not always very elegant, eloquent. So a persecutor of the church. He was once a persecutor, but now he is a brother. He once was far away, but now he has been brought near. Once he was in darkness, but now he is walking in the light. Once he was blind, but now he is able to see. So he calls him brother. And he lays his hands and his eyes were fully open. No more darkness. But now he knows Jesus. Now he can see the truth. And then it says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he was baptized. And think carefully. We just did baptisms last week, right? And baptism was what? A witness It's a witness to everyone that I am a follower of Christ, that I am dead to my old self, and I have been made new. I am alive in Christ. So think about that day when Saul was baptized and all those people or those witnesses maybe that were there. It was a true testimony that this man has been transformed. Amen? Amen? Wow, incredible statement truly this man is a follower of christ no longer persecuting the church but now following christ i'm almost done amen <laughs> lastly this is what the apostle paul writes in first timothy he says but i received mercy for this reason that in me as the fo- as the foremost jesus christ might display his perfect patience and it, as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. He received mercy. He received the mercy of Christ. And in him you, we see the patience of God. But how patient is God towards us? I know, he's <laughs> I know my, my weaknesses and I know how patient God is towards me. We see the patience of God in him. But all of this is that he, his life is an example to others of how God saved him. And same with us. Our lives are to be an example of the good work of Christ in us. Amen. I just wanted to end with this testimony. Actually, That I, I, I was, I was just wasting time, actually, and that's not good. But I was wasting time, and I was just, you know, scrolling and I found this article about Alice Cooper who knows Alice Cooper if you were the 80s you know the rock band (laughs) okay some of you are too young oh my goodness but anyways in the 80s and 70s um alice cooper he's an american rock star and many people said he was like a rebel of his time and honestly if you were to look at him you might be a little bit frightened i mean he had big hair he had lots of black eyeliner and mascara makeup you know the 80s right the big hair anyways and he was a rock star So his lifestyle was all about drugs and alcohol and the pursuit of riches and fame and music. And it it caused him a lot of trouble, actually, a lot of pain in his life. Actually, he loved his wife very much, but his wife left him because, obviously, she couldn't deal with all the drugs and all the alcohol and that type of lifestyle. It It destroyed their marriage and their family anyways his wife became a christian his wife turned to jesus and the only way that she would take him back was in one condition and the condition was that he would go to church with her so if you when you see alice cooper you would think no way would this guy go to church there is just no way but this is what he says and i just feel like it really ties into what we are talking about and this is what he says I knew that there had to either come to a point where I either accept Christ and started living that life or if I died in this I was in a lot of trouble Cooper says that's what that, that's what really motivated me I just got to a point of saying I'm tired of this life and I know that God is is right when the Lord this is what he says when the Lord opens your eyes and you suddenly realize who you are and who he is, it is a whole different world. Amen. Praise God. And then Cooper then says, quotes John 4, that he, his wife, and his children live their lives trusting that Jesus is the only way to salvation. He says, because I am the way, the truth, and the life, And no one comes to the Father but by me. Those are the trusted words ever spoken, Cooper explains. How can you deny that? So as far as I'm concerned, my life is based on that now. Praise God. Jesus is the way. And that is probably why the church was called the way at that time. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. And if you are here today, and the reason why you are here today is because of the sovereignty of God on your life. It is because God, if you have do not know Christ, it is because Christ wants you to know him and have a relationship with him. If you haven't turned from your sin and you haven't turned towards Christ and confessed that Jesus is Lord, I pray for you today. I pray that today, today, that you may know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That you may experience his overwhelmingly love for you. That you may experience his forgiveness, his mercy, and his grace for you. That your eyes be open today to know the love of Christ. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. And this is not to scare anyone. But you're not guaranteed tomorrow. And you're not guaranteed later this afternoon. You're not even guaranteed as you leave this place. You don't know what happens the next day, how much tragedy happens from one minute to the next. I pray, I pray, my brothers and sisters, my friends, those that are here. That if you don't know Christ, I pray that you ask Jesus to reveal himself to you. That you ask Jesus to open your eyes that you may see. That you may turn to him today. Can you close your eyes with me? Thank you, Lord. God. 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 You are worthy of it all, you're worthy of it all, and for you all are things, and to you are all things, you deserve the glory, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. And for you are all things and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. God, you deserve the glory. You are worthy of it all, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. And I'm so thankful for your word this morning and i'm thankful for your holy spirit here with us today and i ask lord i ask that you that you solidify this word in our hearts lord help us lord to walk in awareness of your mercy, to walk in awareness of your presence with us, that we are carriers of your presence, Lord, that we are living testimonies of the goodness of God. Lord, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that through Jesus that we have forgiveness and that we have been brought to your kingdom, that we are children of God. We are so thankful, Lord, that it isn't anything that we have done or said or or could do. But, Lord, it's only through the mercy and grace of your son, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And I pray for those, Lord, who are searching who are who are distant from you I pray father that you may open their spiritual eyes to know and to see you father god I pray that you convict them of who they are the truth of the reality of their sin lord the reality of their brokenness, Lord, the reality of their weaknesses, Lord, and that they may turn to you, the living God, the Holy One, that, can, that you can overwhelm them with your love, that they may know the truth, Lord, and walk in your light. In Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray. I pray for conviction today, Lord. I pray for eyes to be open today, Lord. I pray this in the name of Jesus that those who are lost that those who have turned their backs may turn to you today Lord Father, I pray for our loved ones that don't know you. I pray for our friends that don't know you. Father, I pray that we will be witnesses of your love, Lord. I pray that we have courage and boldness, just like Ananias, Lord, to, to, to share the good news, just like Paul, to walk in the good news of Jesus. Father, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. We are so thankful that we are not alone. We are thankful for your spirit that lives in us. Thank you for your church, Lord. Thank you that it is unstoppable, that Jesus is unstoppable, Lord. We thank you for the purposes and plans of God that cannot be changed, Lord. That you, that you cannot be stopped, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that we are more than overcomers through Christ who gives us strength, Lord. Thank you, God, for your promise. Thank you, God, for your love. Thank you, God, for your church. You are worthy of it all, Lord. You are worthy of it all, Lord. You are worthy. Can you stand up with me? And we're going to just open our hearts. Can you sing? Can you talk with your own words and just worship Jesus? Just worship Jesus. Just thank Jesus for what he has done for you. And just pray and ask God. Anyone that comes to your mind, maybe a friend of yours, maybe a, a, a family member of yours that does not know Christ, may you lift up that person in prayer right now. Just take a few moments just to pray, just to seek God, just to worship him and open up your heart to him ask for for the holy spirit to fill you this morning ask for the holy spirit if you don't know christ ask the holy spirit to fill you and to to reveal christ to you i pray this in jesus mighty name holy god move in your church holy god work in hearts transform us with your light lord transform us lord we need you god we need your holy spirit for today we need you lord God, we need you. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. Stir up the faith inside of you right now. Stir up your heart right now. Stir up your spirit right now. And just worship King Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.